once again for being here today. I want to continue with this thought, wilderness to wonderment. Getting from the, out of the realm of self and into the place of promise. Amen? Greatest detriment to our God-given purpose, not the enemy, not the world, not the government, it's self. So by the, by the hope of the Holy Spirit, as much as possible, I want to be able to infuse within you the reality God has in store for you. Now we're going to disrupt today some of your worldview. We're going to disrupt some of your personal preferences and some of your personal viewpoints. That's a little more warning. Because we want to get from wilderness, the uncultivated, desolate, inhospitable region, over to wonderment, which is the complete, fascinating attention and deep emotion caused by the sight of someone, I will say, extraordinary. And that extraordinary someone is not me. That extraordinary, I know don't be disappointed. That extraordinary someone is the Lord Jesus Christ in me and in you. Father, I need your help today, as always. You know, and I know, how much I need you. Speak, God, not only to me, but through me. Let the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit just be unveiled to us today. In Jesus' name. Sing, O barren, you who have not born, Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, Crossroads Assembly of God, January 8, 2022. Just checking. For you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. Anybody want to shed some shame today? It will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. Your maker is your husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole, the whole earth. If you wouldn't mind, uh, Jarek, if you'll pull up Isaiah 
54 and 2 and just leave that on the screen back there. Now, today I just want to take you through a journey, but before I do that, I just want to, want to ask you some, some questions. What if, honestly and truly, you come to realize that your life is meant for more than you can imagine? What if God genuinely has a purpose for you beyond your imagination? What if truly all of the things spoken about you from the world and your past and your pain and your hurt, if you stop believing that and start believing what God has in store for you? See, I, I believe part of our freedom and our liberation to live a life of freedom is to know that we have purpose. The proverb tells us in a couple of different translations, it says where there is no vision, the people perish. When you lose vision of what you're supposed to be and where what you're supposed to be doing, you will ultimately perish. Another interpretation of that same passage is where there is no revelation, where there's been no revealing, then others begin to, then you begin to lose restraint, loose restraint. In other words, you stop, stop anchoring yourself. Anything kind of goes. Let me tell you, we live in a world where fathers have lost vision for their home, where mothers have lost vision for their home. We live in a world where they don't have a revelation of who they are in God, where individuals walk the street that we encounter every day, and they don't have an understanding that God has something else in store for them. And so anything goes in the attempt to find the purpose and the reason for their existence. Unfortunately, sadly to say, there's many in the body of Christ who have lost vision who don't have a revelation, who are perishing, who have loose, loose restraints. But I say to you that I believe purpose will keep us anchored. He who put his hand to the plow and looking back, you're not going to be able to operate the kingdom, as the word of the Lord said. But see, anybody who's been in a farm life know this. If you've ever put your hand to the plow or crawled up in your John Deere and you're, you're you're plowing your field. You've got to keep your eye on the end. Your vision has got to be not where you're at. You can't look to the right because you're going to go to the right. You can't look to the left. You're going to go to the left. You've got to keep your eyes fixed on the end. I took driver's education in school. You might not know that if you get behind me when I'm trying to back up. My only accidents have ever been when I had backed up. But I asked my instructor, which was also my coach, who his favorite phrase for us is, you bonehead. I said, how do I keep this car in the middle of the road? He said, you got to keep your eye on the horizon. Some of you are like, that's the trick I need right there. <laughs> See, how do you keep the body of Christ in the middle of the road that you're not veering to the right off in the some wacky stuff, and to the left of some 
wacky stuff, but you keep your eyes fixed on the end. On the end. You have purpose. Now, with that said, I, I'd just like to share a little bit with you today. See if we had a fuse, I couldn't do this. stop for a few minutes and think about what my purpose is. It's just not, and, and I'm not against living your best life now. I mean, Lord, I want to live my best life now. I just want to wait till tomorrow to do it. But it's not just living my best life now, and it's not just my personal destiny. No, it's a much bigger, grander plan that God has in place. See, because until we stop to realize that it's not about me, we've not even reached, we haven't even gotten out of the preschool. See, because when I was a child, I spoke as a child. What about me? See, when you walk in a room, this is application. When you walk into a room and you are more affected by the way people are responding to you instead of the way you're responding to them, you are not as mature as you think you are. Because you are thinking like a child and you're behaving like a child. My granddaughter, three years old, she is our little fashion expert. And her mother got dressed for church. And she looked at her and she said, Mom, take that skirt off. It looks creepy. <laughs> she said, Bobby, there's nothing wrong with this skirt. Nor the four-year-old. She said, oh, no, Mom, that doesn't look trashy at all. <laughs> Three and four years old. She said, Nora, I don't, is that a compliment? She said, Mom, I said, it doesn't look trashy. <laughs> You're not trashy. I said, did you change? Hannah said, no, I'm not going to take instructions from a three-year-old. <laughs> I think it's time, folks, that we stop taking instructions from an immature world that's telling us who we are, what we're supposed to be doing. Walk into the room like mature adults and act like mature adults. See, because we're, we're not entering into a realm of worship until we get to the place where we stop focusing entirely upon ourselves and start looking around us to see where God would use us to further his kingdom. So I want you to help me here. I just want to share a little bit of a story with you. Notice he says, make some bigger print. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Now, I just want to borrow your imagination here for a little bit. Holy Spirit help us. You know, what is the Lord saying in that? He's speaking to Israel. He said, Israel, it's more, 
ministry, your calling, your covenant, your purpose is not just about you. No, I need you to, I need you to go ahead and just, just expand your worldview. Like I, I, I need you to take the, the curtain. Let me, let me straighten this out here. Ready? I need you to take the, the, the curtain as you, uh, as, as you get ready. And you need to... You know the best way to keep that thread to stay together? See, in order for us folks to understand, it's not just for the Pentecostals, it's not just for the Baptists, it's not just for the Americans. My God, if, you're, if your gospel doesn't include more than America, you've missed the gospel. Amen? So you've you got you to understand God is, God is saying not just to Israel, but he's saying to the church today as well. But especially in this passage, he's talking to Israel and he's saying, that, look, you need to, you need to realize uh, that, it's, that it's, more than just, uh, it's more than just about you. It's about, a, it's about the world around you. And, and you've got to go ahead and enlarge the place of your dwelling. I, I believe the Lord is wanting to enlarge the place of the dwelling of the house of God. Yeah. And so, <laughs> don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep allowing the Lord to, to change your worldview. Amen? Yeah. So that it includes more. And for us to understand the vision of God, we've got we to go back to the, to the very beginning where God started it all. And if an Israelite wants to know where they're going, they start from the beginning. That's how they process. So they go back to Genesis and they discover what the Lord told Abraham, or Abraham, Adam and Eve when they were born. He said, I want you to multiply. And I want you to subdue and fill the whole earth. And this was after he made them into his image. And then, you know, man didn't, do right. We know that. We, didn't, we know we didn't do right. So we have the first rebellion there in, in Genesis 3. Anybody figure out what I'm doing here? I'm, 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 don't worry about my stitches. It's all examples. You can fix this when I'm done, okay? And so when you, when you look at this in the Word of God, and you see that, okay, Lord, what is my purpose? Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to multiply within the, the whole earth and subdue it. And his plan hasn't changed. His plan hasn't changed. Israel, it's not just about you. You have a large part to play, but it's not just about you. So as you look here in the word of the Lord, you see that the first rebellion, there's three rebellions. I'm not going to talk about the middle one. You can take that for later. But the first rebellion was in the garden when the serpent came in and tempted Adam and Eve and they forsook the will of God and now they were banished from the garden, but God didn't give up on his plan. We see another rebellion that took place in the Tower of Babel. Here we have people that have come together and God, they're interested in building up. God told them to build out. 
Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> building up their kingdom instead of building out his kingdom. We, we have fallen into a horrific trap that has been laid over and over and over again. There's too many are trying to build up their kingdom, their personal destiny, their personal wants, their desires. I'm going to go to church, and if it's my flavor, I'm going to stick with it. If it's not, I'm going to go find a flavor that's more appetizing and more, uh, more appealing to my appetites. And I, I will go here, I will go there, and as long as I'm being elevated, I'm, I'm all about that. Building up. But it's about more than that. How do you got here, the Lord in the midst of all of that as he disrupts the language going to practice that word. It was the first recording Ziggurat? 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 You know what's amazing it is, is, uh, is the, uh, the, the Ziggurat that was built was the first was Babel but then you look throughout the entirety of the world and guess what? They kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. You go to every civilization, and they all have their own zuckerman. And it's uh, basically a rectangle where they just begin to build up a, a large base. And it just keeps, keeps going up and up and up and up and up. You see the pyramids. You see the, uh, we, we walked on one in our trip in Mexico. They're just all over the world. And every culture has one of these Ephesus that are there that are built up because man inherently just keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again so that we can recognize that man is interested in building up. God is interested in building out. My God, let us get this. But see, in the midst of all of that, God confused the languages and he drew out a man named Abraham. Now it goes from a multitude of people down to an individual, and then he tells this man who is beyond age, and he and his wife were not able to bear children. Her womb is barren. And, and here the Lord comes to him, an angel delivers a message and tells him that, look, you are going to have descendants, and they're going to be like the sands of the sea. The natural descendants are going to be so plenteous, you're not going to be able to count them all. They're going to be like the, the sand of the sea. And if you look up into heaven right now in this night sky, Abraham, what do you see? You see the stars in the heavens, and your seed will not only be a natural seed, it's going to be a spiritual seed. The Bible tells us a very key note before the law had ever come into existence, and we're going to talk about the law in a minute. Abraham believed God. The Lord accounted to him righteousness. Not because of his beat, not because of what he had done, but because he believed. So, see the parallels in the word of God when we see Abraham. He eventually has a son. His name is Isaac. Laughter is what they named him. And now we've got uh, Isaac. He has a son. His wife is barren. He has a son. His, his son is named Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel. Israel is a man. 
who became a family. That family became a, became a tribe. And then that tribe found themselves in a place called Egypt. There that the Lord was offering provision. It's amazing how the Lord so desires for us not to miss the story. So many hundreds of years before the true event would take place, we see the same things happening. Here the people are held in horrific bondage under the tight-fisted tyranny of a cruel taskmaster named Pharaoh. And you think, well, what could God do with that? And they're, they're building Pharaoh's kingdoms. They're building his cigarettes. <laughs> oh, they wipe it from history, but how, you know how those pyramids are built in, built in Egypt? By Israeli slaves and many others. How does the enemy build his kingdom on earth? His slavery of humanity. He never put his hand to the plow. He's never, he's never stomped out a brick. He's never done a thing. He can't because he has no availability in this earth. But here, almost done with this. Here we have Israel sitting in Egypt. And see, they begin to multiply so much, they become a threat. They become a threat to Pharaoh's kingdom. As the church begins to grow, it becomes a, a threat to the domain of darkness. You see, God created a kingdom. He drew a kingdom out within all the kingdoms that were around. And that kingdom was Israel. It went into Egyptian bondage, and Pharaoh, he, he wanted to control them. How did he control them? He wanted to control them by killing the seed. Because every human ever born is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. That's why the Lord said, all of these nations that are around you, Israel, don't fall into their corrupt worship. Don't fall into their practices because their practices of idolatry end in the annihilation and the destruction of innocent children that cause their babies to pass through the fires. My God, church, hear me. Parents, hear me. It's not just about you. It's about your children. Oh, but we have a heart after our own God. See, I believe and you can preach it however you want to preach it. But when Abraham offered Isaac, I believe the Lord was displaying something to all humanity. See, all the reference Abraham had when he offered Isaac was all the practices of those nations around him. And he raised his hand to slay Isaac. And the Lord said, no. I thank you that I can trust you with what I have in store for you. But no. I will, I will provide my own sacrifice. Because there's no sacrifice on earth until I get there that's going to satisfy the need for that sin and deliver you out of bondage. But here we have Israel in the midst of Egypt. They're not just a family. They're not just a clan. God has multiplied them into an innumerable nation. God's going to bring them out. He's going to carry them through the wilderness 
And in that wilderness, he's going to put the guidelines. He's going to show them how holy he is. And he's going to give them guidelines as people of covenant because the, the work of God has not changed. The will of God has not changed. What he wanted to do in the beginning is for humanity to go and to multiply and subdue the earth and walk in the domain is the very thing he told Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want you. You're going to multiply as the sands of the seashore and as the stars of the heaven and also Isaac, this is what's going to happen with you. I'm making a covenant with Abraham, your father. I'm making a covenant with you. You're going to multiply, and your seed is going to go out and then subdue the earth. I'm driving a prayer meeting yesterday morning, and the Lord dropped in my spirit a word. I thought I knew what it meant, but I wanted to get there and get to the, on my phone and figure out, and my computer and figure out what it was. The Lord said, my desire is the globalization of the kingdom of God. What is the globalization? It means that when a business or an organization, they become so, so big that they are now an influence throughout the entirety of the world. What is the will of God? The will of God is that the church becomes so influential in the entirety of the world by driving out the darkness so that we come back and bring children into light. But see, in order for that to happen, you got to get old quicker. I've got to tie that knot off. <laughs> Remind me later when I sit down. Yeah. Anybody ever done that? Yeah. So you got to you got to get your worldview, church. Got to get it stretched out. Babe, come here and help me. Once you take this pole right here, I want you to hold on to it. We're gonna we're gonna lean it up this way, okay? All right, turn around and face the front. Let's see how pretty you are, okay? Just hold that pole right there. All right. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, enlarge the place of our tent. We're gonna stretch out the curtain of the dwelling. We're not gonna spare because there's God wants it to be the whole earth. We're gonna lengthen our cord. So I'm, I'm taking my cord right now and tie this on the end here. Mm. Now. Hold on to that. We're going, to, we're going to pull it up. I'm going, to, I'm going to stretch it over here and get some more help, okay? Okay, so I've, I've got a, this is my worldview, and I'm, I'm stretching my worldview because it's not just an American gospel. <laughs> I, I'm, this is going to shock some of you, but Jesus is not coming back an American flag. <laughs> okay. I love my nation. I love this country. I love the fact that God has called us out. To be a beacon in the night. I, I love the fact that God, the, the, the church needs America, the world needs America, but we need America to follow God. Amen? And so we, we need godly politicians. We need godly representation. We need those things. But let me tell you, we need God in the midst of all of that. We need the church entering into politics. Uh, you may not have heard that in your generation. We need the church sitting on seats and uh, uh, benches and, and, and ruling. And we, need, we need the church educating our youth. We need the church in every aspect. See, because we're, we're stretching this thing out. All right, hold on to that because this thing is heavy. All right? See, I just tied my faith to this. I'm, I'm, I'm strengthening. I'm lengthening my cords. See, my, my faith in this church, the faith you need is not going to be needs need strengthening in these last days. If COVID has revealed anything, it has revealed a fear factor within the whole world and especially the church. 
I told you, if you move with it, or just just stand there and just let it rise. Okay? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lengthen our cords. Get you with me? All right. We're lengthening the cords. We're lengthening the cords. But keep holding. Are you holding? Okay. We're lengthening the cords. Okay, Angel. Hold. Come here. Come here. Hold this cord. You gotta hold it tight. <laughs> One thing I forgot to do, I've got to, I've got to loosen, <laughs> I gotta loosen my stake. I gotta get my stake loosened up. See, because that stake is my theology, and if my theology only includes my story no more, I, I gotta get it loosened up. Now, it's it's pretty deep. Oh. Oh. Okay, Angel, thank you. Tim, come here. Come here. You don't die! <laughs> Grab that cord back over here. Okay, you hold that. Alright, Tim, come here, take that stake and put it in the ground. Put it in the ground right here. Just get on your knee right there. Now, I want to suggest this one thing. Just close your eyes for this one, okay? <laughs> I haven't hit too many people, but. Uh, was a real possible. See, we got to get to the place, folks, where we begin to stretch out our tents and we start enlarging our curtains and, uh, and, and, and we got to get to the place where we start lengthening the faith that we have that is anchored to our worldview and our theology. And then we got to re-anchor so that we can accommodate what God wants in store. Just keep your eyes closed. Oh, just one almost. Yeah, don't look! Make it tight, make it tight, make it tight. It's got to withstand the wind that's blowing. Come on, make it tight, make it tight. There you go. All right, good job. You can sit down, you come with me. All right, you don't move, you don't move. All right, now we got to see, we, we went to the right. It's not just the ones we want in the house. Now we got to go after the ones we don't want in the house. All right. Can you hold and you hold the cord and he's going to put the stake down. He's done this before. I didn't hit him while ago, but wait, I got to go get my hammer. Hold on. Hold on. This is 25 pounds. You see how light it is? All right. You're We're driving our theology. We're holding on to faith. We're enlarging our capacity. You weren't supposed to be looking. Thank you. Tie that off, Randy. All right, I think it's going to hold. I think it's going to hold. Time's not going to let me keep. You can let go. Look up at the Okay, you sit down. Can you see it, church? Can you see it? It's not just about your tent. Not just about your personal destiny. You're part of the whole. See, we owe such a deep gratitude to Israel. All of their shortcomings and failure, they held God within them, held the seeds. Jesus Christ. 
has given to the church so that we may continue what many call the Eden Project. But instead of having an Eden on the outside, God said, I'm just going to come and put the Eden on the inside. That flourishing. I'm going to take you to Israel from bondage. I'm going to take you through a wilderness. We're going to lay out some parameters. I'm going to show you how you need to live because you're going into a into an area you hadn't been in before and in this area that you had been in before there's going to be influencers and they're going to be trying to tell you no you can do it this way and be okay no you can be shacked up and be okay no you can put this in your body and you can be okay no you can uh, you can just have a nominal once a week once a month uh, relationship with God and it's going to be okay but no our God is all in and he's asking that you become all in and when we get all in we all Part of something bigger than myself. We're gonna guide you through the wilderness. Not that you die in the wilderness. God get you over into the place of promise. But when you get there, you gotta know how to act. When they got there, they forgot how to act. God did not correct them because he hated them. Corrected them because he loved them. He corrected them and said, Because if you keep going this way, it's not just you that's going to pay the price, it's going to be your children. Please turn. Please turn back. Isn't it amazing the parallels in the Word of God? You know that book that you read is a supernatural message from a supernatural God. That same Antichrist spirit that was there. Represented in Pharaoh, killing the unborn, killing the born, throwing children into the Nile River. And the Lord drew Moses, whose names whose name means drawn from the river. And that deliverer, as a type of the ultimate deliverer. Parallels exactly as Jesus is born in Bethlehem. And then there is the king, Herod, who sends out a decree and they slay all the male children two years and under. Is that a coincidence that those things were parallel? No, we're supposed to get that. Because ultimately, the physical deliverance was just a type and a foreshadowing of the ultimate deliverance of the Lord God when he brought, uh, when he brought Jesus uh, out of the midst of this. Read the second and third chapter, first, first second and third chapter of, of Exodus, and you'll see the suffering of the children. It was a portrait of the suffering humanity. And just like God drew Moses out of the water and preserved him in that world system, one day he would deliver as a nation, all of those Israelites out of that Egyptian bondage is the same representation is in the New Testament when Herod the king begins to kill the unborn. Now, God, out of the suffering of humanity, draws Jesus Christ because he heard your cry. But now, it's not a physical promise land. Oh, I want a physical promised land, but it's more than that. It's 
reign in the rule of Satan anymore. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. We're going to close. For those of you who are nervous, I hear your alarms going off. <laughs> Set an alarm. Five after. If he's not done, I'm done. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you identify yourself as a victim, you've been mis misidentified as a child of God. This is the this is the problem with identifying yourself as a victim. You become a victimizer because you are misidentifying those around you. <laughs> you did last week's praise God. Exodus started in Exodus one through. Read, read through Exodus 1 through 22 through 14. Read it all if you want to. But seeing if I identify myself as a victim, then I look at the world as a victim. And what I'm doing is I'm misidentifying them to say I can't have victory because you did this to me. When that person had nothing to do with your victimization. But see, now you are misidentifying others. That's just one case in point. See, we come in like we're orphans. We're orphans. We're not orphans anymore. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are part of the family of God. And now God has a plan for our life and a purpose. And it's about more than just me feeling good and other people making me feel good. No, it is about the purpose of God to say yes. Now I understand that there's a vision for the church and I'm a part of that vision. It is God's spread to Eden throughout the world by letting them see the light. Finally, that thing jerked off on me. start seeing them as part of your purpose. Stop looking at them through the lens of misidentification and start looking at them through the lens of true identification. Stand if you will. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. For your mercy and goodness. watching me sit in that chair. There's a needle in there. <laughs> Ask the Lord to help us to see that in the tapestry of his kingdom we're included. But also others are included. See, Israel fell into the trap of thinking that many of them, not all of them, many of them 
lost sight of the word of the Lord. And they failed to realize that the covenant of Abraham did not only include them, but included all nations. See, I'm saying to you, you have purpose. I'm not telling you. I'm saying to you today, this, the lie of the enemy is still the lie. If you are not identified as a child of God, you have been misidentified. Because God wants you to walk in the identity and stop looking through the lens of victimization. Stop taking your validation from visuality, what you can see. But allow that your, the vision God has for your life, the reality is that I'm in him and he is in me. And he's got a plan and a purpose for my life. And that plan and purpose includes my form. And so many, many, many more. See, I think we spend a lot of time with the devil and his demons. What is our homework assignment? Spend more time with Jesus. And less time with your problems. Spend more time with him. And less time with your problems. Start your day off with Jesus. You may be a surprise where he takes you in that day. Father, we love you and we thank you that you dealt with the Satan issue. You dealt with the sin issue. And you continue, Lord God, to deal with the selfish issue. Lord, I'm asking today that you would allow us as the body of Christ to enlarge our worldview. That we would anchor ourselves in true theology. And that, Lord, that we would hang on titles not tighter as you stretch our faith to reach the bounds in which you desire and not us. Lord, do exceeding abundant above all we could ask or think. Let thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus' name. Can you give me praise today? Tuesday, we will be hosting the North Texas Food Bank, any and all that are available to, to come out and help us. We sure and greatly appreciate that. Also, uh, ministerial, ministerial credentialing and enrichment class. Uh, the, the registration deadline is today. Um, Randall has already made his way to the back. If you need any instructions, he can help you with that. Also, we are preparing for our upcoming annual business meeting, all you voting members, and so we have opened up from now until the 22nd of January, uh, nominations for the board, we have one open position, um, we have a re-election on the treasurer and a re-election on another position, and so if you want to make a nomination, make sure that you sign the nominating ballot and place it in the, in the receptacle at the back here, straight back between the doors. 
Paint a Purpose class will kick back off uh, this Wednesday, January the 11th. Savvy Sisterhood. Any Savvy Sisters in here? This is a ministry to our single mothers. There's a special lunch invitation for ladies that'll be on January the 15th at 1 o'clock. The ladies, uh, Melissa Coy wants me to encourage you ladies, if you want to go to the Pink One Day Conference, uh, you need to get on, find the information at the information table, punch the QR code, go ahead and get your ticket because it sells out fast. It's a great event that they go to each and every year. Unfortunately, we got the news yesterday morning that one of our brothers in our house, Philip Clemenston, made his home going uh, to be with the Lord. And so his family has invited anybody that would like to, to come over. They're going to have a, a, a service, a brief memorial service today at 4 at Love and Integrity on King Street. And then we are going to have a memorial service uh, opened up to any and everyone, and that will be Thursday at 2 o'clock at, at our church, Thursday at 2 o'clock. Last announcement as we say welcome to all of our guests. If you didn't get a, a gift, we would love to. We have a, a cup full of candy. What's better than that? Uh, be sure if you have a moment, if you'll put out a connect card you have in front of you, we surely appreciate that. With sadness and excitement, uh, sadness for us, excitement for the other. Uh, we are going to have to say well, goodbye to Pastor Angel and Giselle, next Sunday will be the last Sunday. He's asked to hold his comments until then. But uh, they are transitioning to the great country of Florida. And they're going to be working with the Multicultural District of Florida of the Assemblies of God. So we want to bless them and send them off with our blessing next Sunday, which will be their last Sunday. And then towards the end of the month, they'll be transitioning. And so with that said, let's, let's bow our heads today. And let's, let's go in faith, knowing that the Lord, he orders our seasons. And we have been privileged to have them at this time and this season. And we know God has great things in store for them. Father, we magnify your name. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your grace and mercy. Thank you so much, Lord God, for, Lord, all that you've done and continue to do. Thank you, Lord, that you brought us into this world. In the world, Lord, you've given us purpose. We thank you, Lord God, for the privilege that we've had to work alongside the angel and Giselle. And, Lord, I just, I just know that, Lord, the, the days ahead for them are bright, that you have something in store for them, that they're going to step into a new promised land. And Lord, you're going to bless them. Lord, we live today, all those who are sick and bothered. We pray, Father, for Philip's family, that you would comfort them. We pray for Lee, that you will give him a miracle and raise him up. We live Haley before you right now and ask, God, that you would just overwhelm our God with your touch and your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you today.